Good day and welcome to Film Exploration with Ash Hari. We continue with Season 10 where our focus is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for today's episode, episode 99, we're going to be looking at the record-breaking Oscar-nominated 2018 action-adventure film Black Panther. Based on the comics by Stan Lee and written and directed by Ryan Coogler, the film stars the late Chadwick Boseman as the title character and also starring Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong, Daniel Garua, Daniel Kaluuya, Winston Duke, Latita Wright, Sterling K. Brown, Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman. Quite the star-studded cast. 2018, what a year for cinema. What a year for comic book movies. A lot of people asked how The Dark Knight made over a million dollars back when it came out in 2008 and somehow didn't get a nomination for Best Film at the Academy Awards. Who knows? Are the Academy pretentious? Was the competition too fierce that year? Did the Academy just have their way? Maybe. Who knows? But Black Panther did not have that problem. They did what no other MCU movie did. It won an Oscar. Not just one, but three Oscars, meaning the Marvel Cinematic Universe collectively have won Three Oscars, all belonging to Black Panther. The film naturally also gained the most Oscar nominations in the Marvel Universe. The record before Black Panther was two, held by both Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man. Other had one, I think like three or four had one Oscar nominations. Most got zero. Black Panther got a record-breaking seven Oscar nominations. I say record-breaking. The record is 14 held by a trio all about Eve, Titanic, and more recently La La Land. But for a comic book movie, seven, that is ridiculous. It joins the same nomination ranks as The Godfather Part Two, The Elephant Man, and The Shawshank Redemption. So it must have done something right. But what was it? Did I mention it's the only Marvel movie to be nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, the biggest award of the night. Not the special effects award for Best Editing or Sound Mixing, but Best Picture. Until then, in the 93-year Academy history, no comic book movie had ever been nominated, let alone won an Oscar for Best Picture. Black Panther was the first, and just one year after that we had our second comic book movie, which was Todd Phillips' take on The Joker. So what did Black Panther start or do that no one else could do before in terms of comic book films? Was it the hype of a much-needed black superhero in the racial heat of the world? Was it the performance? Was it the film? Was it the plot? How it came out? Who knows? But let's see why Black Panther was a much-needed addition to the MCU and how it managed to rake seven nominations and win three of them at the Academy Awards. Now, one thing I can tell you was it wasn't the plot of the movie. And that is surprising to say because the plot of the movie is the keys to the whole operation in terms of storytelling. It's the journey laid out. It's the path chosen for the audiences to go on. The plot of Black Panther is one that you may have seen before. I guess you could say the same about most films these days. Most, if not all films, are about love in some way. But it depends on how you tackle it. How you introduce these characters and how much relevance you want love to be in those movies. Now, you want Bollywood films every Bollywood film no matter the genre is about love and will have a musical encore on it now it might be a cultural thing but that's the way Bollywood films do if it's a war film they'll still have a musical number of it if it's a sports film like Lagan they'll still have them break into dance every now and again so 
what did Black Panther do? Now, I'm telling you it's not the plot, but every film story does seem to be about love in some way or not. I mean, love doesn't need to mean intimacy with another person, but just the generic use of the word to relate to a goal, an achievement, a path in the movie. And it's usually through obstacles do these themes have to go through. Now, conflict, obstacles are always part of movies. A story or plot doesn't work without it. You can't have good without evil. It just doesn't work, especially in a superhero movie. The conflict or obstacle or something going wrong with the character, the main character, the protagonist, is involved in something breaking their equilibrium. The norm and the rest of the movie will try and fix this balance, restore order. So the movie usually creates the balance. It shows you what the normal is and something breaks that norm. Then the rest of the movie, the main character is trying to restore it. That's usually how all movies go. Now, those things, the love, the binary oppositions, the conflict of some kind exist in every movie. Those things are essential to drive in the plot in any movie, in any genre. Horror, action, romance, comedy, fantasy. It works with everything. So let's have a look at the plot here at Black Panther. What is this film about? Now, origin story or not, it works the same. We all knew what Spider-Man could do before the Tobey Maguire film came out because the comics or cartoons came out 50 years prior. With Black Panther, I mean, it was the same name as a movement back in the 60s, and some may have been familiar with the Marvel comics, but the Marvel producers thought, "Mm, let's give them a little tease, and then we got Civil War, where we saw Prince T'Challa, aka the Black Panther. Most people didn't know what he was about, but they knew he existed. Like with Spider-Man, before Tobey Maguire's film came out, we knew Spider-Man and what he could do. He could swing from buildings he was in new york city we knew all of this now we have this film and of course it follows on the events of civil war just one week after actually set in this technological fictitious advanced african country called wakanda where he returns home after the death of his dad to serve his country as king so there's the character setup now we have the conflict he's challenged to the throne from parts of his own country he loses and now must restore order, restore balance with the help of friends, foes, and love interests to prevent Wakanda from being dragged into a world war in the hands of the person that beat him in a fair duel. So you have your characters, you have your conflict, and you have your love interests. It's all there. The plot for me, though, is weak, simply because it's been done before. Not only is this sort of the same plot as The Lion King, Simba returns to reclaim the throne of Scar, but it's also the same plot, dare I say, as Rocky Free, And what makes matters worse is Ryan Coogler directed Creed, a spin-off of the Rocky films. In Rocky Free, Rocky loses his belt to Mr. T and spends the rest of the movie training to get it back at the end. Same plot line, same characters too. The health of old enemies, M'Baku and Black Panther, Apollo Creed and Rocky Free. The film even has Creed actor Michael B. Jordan starring as the main antagonist. So for me, it wasn't the plot that helped Black Panther get seven nominations, including Best Picture. So... The story's been done before. It wasn't something new. It's been done to death just with new characters. So what else could it be? Was it the acting? Maybe. We could look at the cast. How many Oscar winners are in this movie? Well, let's just to clarify, that shouldn't determine if a film is worthy of an Oscar nomination for Best Picture, but it's an easier way of measuring it. So what? We have three Oscar winners in this movie. Daniel Kaluuya, Forrest Whitaker, and Lupita Nyong. Now, Daniel won his after this movie came out for Judas and the Black Messiah. But he did kill it at the Oscars. So, you know, you could use him for that. I love Daniel Kaluuya. And he did get an Oscar nomination before Black Panther came out for Get Out. And he was absolutely amazing. He's one of my favorite actors. So, you know what? Okay, fine. You've got a really good actor in in there, yes. Forrest Whitaker. There's no question about the man. He's amazing. He won an Oscar, Last King of Scotland. Um, But he's in it for like five minutes. Um, He's just sort of trying to boost the marketing for this movie by having his name in there. 
And Lupita Nyong is a fantastic actress who won on her debut role in 12 Years a Slave. I mean, so you have two other nominees in this movie as well, Angela Bassett and Chadwick Boseman. But Chadwick Boseman didn't get a nomination until after this movie came out. Now, the thing to maybe heartlessly take away here is that our Oscar winners are not the main characters. With their screen time put together of the three Oscar winners in this movie, it's not as even as much as our hero and our villain. But so what, right? Is it the cast? Hard to stay. The jury's still out on that one. Now, this is a landmark film, apparently. A black superhero. Now, that is cool and a long time coming. But is it? Was it a long time coming? Well, Black Panther Comics came out in 1966. It wasn't a big seller at the time. Maybe a lot to do with the time it was out. But that didn't stop black actors taking the screens. Black actors picked by white producers to don some of those roles. Now... You know, but Black Panther was more than a character in a comic book when it came out. It did two things. It became a cultural icon for the Black Power movement, and then later the Black middle class, and the second. It represented a well-rounded character instead of the usual two-dimensional trope, which would set the future for flying away from these minority stereotypical characters based on race. I mean, the comics came out literally two months before the founding Black Panther father, uh, party in, in 1966. People actually thought the comics were originally about the comic, uh, about the movement and not the comics. So Stan Lee had to change the name back to Black Leopard, but that didn't last long. It lasted like four months. And they even make a reference to that name in the movie, which is actually kind of cool. So was it the hype of a black superhero? Well, we had Spawn, if you've seen that, in 1997. We had Blank Man in 1994. Meteor Man in 1993. And they all had black superheroes, black main actors. We had Blade in 1998, Wesley Snipes. We had Halle Berry play Storm in 2000. We had Will Smith play Hancock in 2008. Nick Fury 2008. Human Torch in 2015. Luke Cage in 2016. And this is all before Black Panther. So it wasn't something new. So where did all this hype come from? It doesn't sound like it was the introduction of a black superhero because we had at least seven of those before this time. And none of those films got the box office acclaim Black Panther did. So... It's not the black superhero, and it's not the plot. It's probably not the cast, and it's certainly, definitely not the story. So that brings us down to the politically correct, woke upbringing of the time Black Panther was coming out. Let's take a look, shall we? The 91st Oscars. The first year since 1989 since it didn't have a host. No host. No host whatsoever since the year I was born in 1989. Woke movement caused a 10-year-old Twitter comment from Kevin Hart from hosting the Academy Awards. They went hostless. That's what happened. Shockingly, though, two years after the whole no black nominee protest, we had a record-breaking amount of black nominees, some frightfully, no, some rightfully so, and some seem to be filling that politically correct gap to shut people up. Green Book somehow won Best Film that year, and a lot of that movie, I believe, was another biopic focusing on the friendship of a Southern Italian-American and a black musician in the heat of the most racial period in America. No, I'm not talking about 2021. I'm talking about the mid-60s. That's the film that won. Coincidence? Maybe. Black Panther was nominated against, what, seven other films? Amongst the others, it was the highest grossing film by far. It grossed 700 million. The second highest grossing film of the category was 200 million. So the gap was stupid. Held by Bohemian Rhapsody. Best Supporting Actress, Regina King. Best Supporting Actor, Mahershal Ali, who's actually going to be playing Blade now. Best Adapted Screenplay of Spike Lee. Best Costume Designer, Ruth E. Carter. Great number of black winners at the Academy Awards, conveniently two years after the protests. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Who knows? Some deserved it. Some didn't. And this brings me on nicely to why Black Panther, a film that is a blockbuster comic book movie, a film that made less money than Dark Knight but failed to get nominated, managed to somehow be the first comic book film to get this nomination for Best Picture. Well, it's 
clear as crystal, isn't it? The talent was swept aside and emotions and peer pressures are the eyes and Twitter hands of this generation for some recognition. Otherwise, Hollywood would be deemed as racist. Now, I agree there are racists. They are racist. But this wasn't one of those times. You need to pick your battles. And sometimes this comes as a cost of films unrightfully getting nominations swept aside to fill in PC gaps. If this was consistent, I would have nothing to moan about, but it isn't. And the timing is just more of a fact than an assumption that Black Panther was clearly not nominated for plot, acting, doing anything different, or the hype of a first black superhero, even though he was the seventh. No, it was because it was an emotionally tough time at the start of this year, or that year. It came out and people are angry, pointing fingers, and things had to be swept aside for films that have an all-black cast to be nominated. I'm sorry to say that Black Panther was not the film that deserved this nomination. What it did do, though, is something much more important. It did give people something to celebrate. This film came out at the right time. And that's what I think it's all down to, timing. And it was an enormous success. Sometimes it's all about timing. And this means it was a political choice to nominate this film, not an artistic choice, which is a whole, whole different debate, which I've kind of touched upon anyway. There wasn't this hype when Wesley Snipes played Blade in 1998, and some would argue the world was more racist then, but there was no way Blade was going to be nominated up against the likes of The English Patient in 1998. It's a very interesting debate, like I said, but I'm not going to get into it. So with all that said, you know, I do like Black Panther. I just don't think it deserved a nomination. It's a cool film. I loved it. There are other films in the MCU universe that I think are better than Black Panther, but I think Black Panther stands for something more, something that got a lot of people together at the right time. I think if this film came out in 2008, it wouldn't have made as much money because it would have been the wrong time for that film to come out, which is why, you know, you have to pick your battles. You have to see when a film needs to come out. It was just a good film to come out. It was an important film to come out at the same time. So I'm going to talk about this film. You know, the film is still kick-ass, but in the Independence Day way, not the Shawshank way, if you get my drift. So Martin Freeman was in this movie, British actor, love him, great actor, played Watson in Sherlock Holmes, and you'll see him dot around other movies. He asked how he felt from being, you know, white in an all-black cast, and he said, well, now I get the idea of how black people feel all the time, and that's a very fair thing to say. Him and Andy Serkis were called the Tolkien white guys, since they both were the only white guys on set, and they were both in the Hobbit trilogy, which is quite a funny name. Uh, there are some decisions in this movie that I like. The attention to detail is actually ridiculous, so I believe it does deserve some of the nominations. I mean, three out of every five people in this movie are barefoot in this movie. A deliberate a decision made by the costume department. I mean, the production designer had created like a 515-page Bible on the history of Wakanda. Quite a few of the women shaved their heads for their roles in this movie. It was the first live movie to be shot in Saudi Arabia in 35 years, too. So that's quite an impressive thing. And after this movie came out, there were reported adoptions of black cats all over America. And those rates shot up, kind of like how the applications for being in the Air Force went up after Top Gun came out. So the uniform was worn even by, you know, the Black Panther outfit was worn by Arsenal footballer when they scored the winning goal against the team I won't mention, Gabion Pierre-Emerick Abamyang. My football team, Arsenal, check them out. They're cool. Although Bami, I don't think it's staying. It just shows that the impact this film had, and if the Oscars can stay, can just stay consistent with the reasoning on what makes an Oscar movie or an Oscar-nominated movie, then rightfully so. But Black Panther does deserve Oscar nominations for bringing the world together during a dark time, but it is a very slippery slope when it is not consistent, because then you start to challenge if they deserved it for talent or if it's there for a politically correct movement. Now, the film did knock down walls, bridge up opposite sides, and this film had the opportunity to be the message 
to the world instead of just another superhero movie. And that's what's very important about this film. One of the most important or most powerful moments, and perhaps something you wouldn't normally expect to hear in a superhero film. So Black Panther co-writers Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole put in their assuming Marvel executives, and they put this scene and they assumed it would be cut. However, they did the opposite. In fact, they said, not, let's not, we're not going to cut it. We're going to you know, make the whole film about that choice. So speaking to the Hollywood Reporter, Marvel Studio President Kevin recalls reading those lines in the first draft of Black Panther. And this exchange, if you recall, is as follows. And Tia Sharla says, I can try to heal you, Killmonger. Why? So you can lock me up? Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped ship because they knew death was better than bondage? It was one of the best lines he ever read, the producer said. There were going to be a lot of revisions, but don't touch that line. And the director said, that's the line I thought you were going to tell me to cut. And we said, on the contrary, keep it and build more of the movie around it. And I love that they did that. It's a very important thing to make sure that we're not being, you know, turning our eyes to these things that have happened in this world that are true. And, you know, we need to pay more attention to it. And that's a good thing about what... Uh, Black Panther is doing. I mean, this film is ridiculous, and it makes even more it makes it even more special and kind of well, really sad because of the passing of the talented star of this movie, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, the 18th film released by Marvel Studios, Chapter Six of Phase Three, the highest grossing movie in the history of the MCU, to be directed and written by an African American and featuring a predominant white uh, black cast. And Chadwick was the center of all this. The fifth film in the MCU to gross over a billion dollars after Avengers, Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron and Civil War. It's the only one actually not to feature Iron Man. It's sad to think, but at the time, Chadwick Boseman knew his days were numbered. He knew he was building this legacy that he probably won't be seeing in person despite it just beginning. But it was enough time for him to create this character that everyone fell in love with that he brought to life in a huge way. He was two years into his four-year battle of colon cancer when he was filming Black Panther. And he kept it hidden because to him, bigger things were at stake here. Bigger things needed attention. And, you know, it just shows he truly was a superhero. Where the movie goes without him is hard to say. And it's an emotional one. But Marvel will figure it out. And there's all this speculation about it. And I hope they get it right. But it's in agreement that he was gone simply way too soon and had a lot more to offer. In the comics, however, um, Shuri does take over as Black Panther from Tia Charlotte. And this is slightly referenced in the films where she... <clears throat> appears to challenge her brother from the throne and I think it's the direction to go and I think that's the direction they're gonna go to because she was fantastic in the movie and she you know this does also expand the other minor roles in this movie namely Winston Duke as M'Baku who is a rising star at the moment and he's a very talented actor and there are other options at hand here but the line has been set you know very high in my opinion from Chadwick Boseman and they just have to try and get there but anyways that's all I have time for with episode 99 the one before the very last episode of Film Exploration with Ash Hari, where we will visit Avengers Endgame for episode 100. That's flown by. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode on a r- slight rant slash appreciation and oxymoron, I know, but an interesting debate to have on how films are recognised these days, and I'm sure Black Panther won't be the last time it happens. That being said, it's a great film, it's fun, it was needed, and it's a much-needed addition to the Marvel Universe. Anyway, please subscribe to me on Google, Amazon, Spotify, and iTunes, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, where I'm usually on. That's Film Exploration AH, or lowercase or one But right now, thank you for listening to episode 99 of Film Exploration with Ash. Hurry. Hurry.